Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon, good evening. It's the 15th of October 2021. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, markets, startups. Good to be here with you on the Friday. I'm Nadine. And I'm Andrew Nadine. How's your week been? Well, Andrew, look, if I just think pure markets, we're now in positive territory for the week after today's performance. If I think about how nice it was to leave work and see people sitting in the restaurants around here at Frangaroo. That's a positive as well. A bit tired though, I must say. Look, you, you've got your hair cut. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to get into the local barber, quite frankly. Yeah, I've heard that there are lines. Rudy Philip van Dyke on the call today. I don't think he'd mind me saying that he needs a cut. <laughs> he said even booking online, it's all booked out through next yeah. month or something cr- ridiculous. Well... Uh, booking a haircut is one matter. Booking a holiday is another. Would you be doing that right now? Because, of course, we had a big news today, just as far as New South Wales, backed up by the Prime Minister, and travel stocks um, benefited from that because they're opening up on the 1st of November at the international border. Well, so this is the thing. With caveats. Yeah, with caveats. And this is the thing. It sounded to me like Dominic Perrottet, the new New South Wales Premier, was sort of throwing open the doors to international what, travellers, tourists? But then the Prime Minister seemed to walk back on that a little bit. I think it really reminded me of a conversation I had with the CEO of Flight Centre earlier in the week who said, look, there is still a lot of uncertainty. Policy is changing. He doesn't feel that there's protocols really in place that have been nutted down. And that that makes people reticent to actually make plans and book a holiday. Like my case in point, I would love to go overseas. I'd love my parents to come and visit me here. But we're all just like, eh, wait, you know, just wait because it doesn't feel as if things are really nailed down yet. What does mm. it feel like to you? No, very much so. And I'm, I'm still trying to get uh, get our holiday going in Queensland. But that Queensland along with WA, as we've spoken about before, just total uncertainty there uh, because it, there's not a national plan, despite what the Prime Minister would say. He wants everyone on board, but they're not. No, they're not on board. Um, but but still to your point, you know, Webjet was up by 4% today. We had Qantas just before the close saying that it's going to bring, bring forward mm. the resumption of international flights committing to London and LA numbers and saying that they will put more planes on, you know, yeah. demand increases. Yeah, Qantas was up uh, 2.5%. That helped along. They're selling their, a lot of their property in Sydney as well at the same time, so that helped. Yeah, they're, they're looking to pay down debt and say, I, th- I think I'm going by memory, it should be done and paid down by the end of FY22. You've got to say, though, that it's also had a lot of government support helping it achieve those targets. But uh, look, tough times and, I guess, level playing field when you look around the world. The other interesting point made today, the Prime Minister coming out saying he's going to Glasgow. Didn't so want to be overtaken by or overshadowed by MT and uh, AF, Andrew Forrest and uh, Malcolm Turnbull. Just a bit of pressure there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you've got all the corporate leaders heading over in that direction. So... He's going to join them, um, which is a good thing. 
you got to say because I mean you don't want I mean it's not just a reputational image as far as Australia is concerned. You've got to think about the capital inflows into this country. Do people want to invest here if we're dragging the chain? No, I mean Josh Feinberg, as you know, the treasurer has um, started to put his weight behind that notion, but it's it's just a fact, isn't it? I mean we've been hearing from from international agencies, you know, even even some of the central banks' monetary policy activism is one term for it. But the reality is, is that the warnings are sounding that, you know, you won't be getting the investment dollars if you're not being seen to do the right thing. I mean, BHP held its AGM in, in London. And again, mm. it's a little bit unclear. I had a chat with Helen Bird from Swinburne University to end the session. You know, they're, they're not like, there's devil in the detail, but... Business is going to move ahead regardless. And, you know, we risk being really seen as dinosaurs if our government doesn't represent us properly. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, as you say, BHP going in that direction. Fortescue, we know what Andrew Forrest thinks. Interesting news today from Rio. Uh, missing production uh, expectations again. Guidance down, delayed development. So um, its shares were hit as a result. Interesting to see that they were also blaming labor shortages mm. and supply chains as well. Um, I did note, though, that uh, Macquarie put out a view. It still has an outperform rating on the company, even in the wake of that calendar 21 downgrade. So saying that it was largely softer than expected um, with that production guidance coming coming through. So look, um, overall, it's not been a, a terrible week for commodities, and, and that's part of Parcel, what we saw helping to support the market, though I do note that um, we've got uh, iron ore coming under renewed pressure. Yeah, in fact, I was speaking with uh, Chi Lowe from BNP Paribas about the situation in China. He's saying, yeah, look, you've seen those commodity prices come off, but historically they remain at elevated levels. So that is uh, clearly a drag on the Chinese economy. We just saw those figures out yesterday. Uh, producer prices, what, they're up close to 11%. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't quite flowed through to those consumer prices yet. But, uh, you know, he says it, it all at the moment is about those rising energy prices, the bottlenecks, the regulations, and that is clearly of concern at this point. And, you know, that's just one of the, I guess, concerns that investors have globally at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we had a bit of buoyancy, didn't we, uh, certainly uh, on Wall Street, given those earnings from the big banks. Yeah, and we've been following those quarterly earnings quite closely. Again, we're looking for inflation, supply chain bottlenecks, next being a price maker as opposed to a price taker. But yeah, I mean, the banks really lit a fire under U.S. equities through the overnight period. We've actually um, got a little portion of our website dedicated to U.S. earnings if you're interested. Next week's really big. Tesla, Netflix, Johnson & Johnson come to mind. I mean, I I had the list in my head earlier. But yeah, it's it's kicking it up a notch, as we say, next week. It's a really interesting position we're in at the moment, isn't it? Because um, certainly a lot of fund managers, analysts are speaking to saying, look, they're still very nervous mm-hmm. about where we're at at the moment. Do we have a pullback? Do we have a big correction still to come because of where those um, prices, those those values are at at the moment? Um, so and more people I'm speaking to are saying, look, you've got to position yourself defensively as a result. Um, doesn't necessarily mean getting into bonds because, I mean, you know, fixed interest still paying um, – not, you're not going to get a lot of return out of that. But um, just, you know, 
being really selective as, as far as some of those uh, stock picks are concerned, those defensive companies that, um, you know, I guess are not beholden to where the economy is traveling at this point. Yeah, I think you spoke with Richard Ivers, who I've got a lot of respect for yeah. from Prime Value Asset Management. Um, if you're listening, you can access that interview via the show notes or the website. Um, of course, I have a feeling that that conversation, we've, we've got a bit of an investor event, if you didn't know, happening on Tuesday. You can still sign up for it. Uh, if you go onto any of our social media, you'll find you'll find out how to do that. But I think that's going to occupy a lot of the conversation. You know, Do you need to be starting to position defensively? How do you do that? Because interest rates are still so low. Yeah, we might have a taper timetable announced in November, but that doesn't mean liftoff in terms of interest rates a- and the rising bond yields. I mean, that, that March higher really did take a bit of a breather this week. Now, Jeffrey Halley, for one, late this afternoon was saying, this is a, a short-term reprieve. This doesn't mean that bond yields aren't going to continue to lift going forward. But yeah, a lot, of, a lot of that conversation is still very live, even though we have had a positive week for equities. Well, you still see so many inflows into those uh, fund managers, don't we? Look at Hub24, how that's performed this week. Uh, Self-wealth at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Flip side of that would be Pendle today, down by 11.5%. But just on that thinking about is there a more significant correction, crash? Look, I don't have a lot of people saying crash, although... Um, Andy Krieger, who's a world-famous Forex trader, told us we're, we're on the cusp of something disastrous. But we have been talking to our guests on the call about what they'd buy if there was a significant pullback, like a crash. And uh, I spoke with Rudy Philippek van Dijk from FN Arena and Claude Walker from A Rich Life just today. Andrew, let's take a listen. The stock that I chose is a company that I do own a tiny amount of shares in called Australian Ethical Investments. Um, these guys have a very strong brand in ethical investing, which itself is on a bit of a growth trajectory. So it really ticks all the boss- boxes. Only problem, this is trading on 110 times earnings, which even for all of the good qualities I've described seems very, maybe a bit too much. One would hope that Australian Ethical Investments share price gets hits really hard in a crash, and that's when I want to be buying. I picked a resmatch. And I picked Resmed for um, similar reasons as uh, just mentioned by by Claude. I am very confident that it is a a very long-term, very rewarding exposure. Uh, It has trends that support its uh, business model. It is linked, which is to the the credit of of, of management. It is linked now to telehealth, uh, which basically means that uh, healthcare is moving out of the hospitals uh, into people's homes. Um, and uh, just as a side remark, over the past 10 years, mind you, the share price has appreciated by more than 1,100%, uh, which, which gives you a little bit of an idea of how well those shares have performed. And that is a reflection of how well this business, which is not the same as the share price, but how well this business is being run, positioned and has performed. But to be honest, I would buy it here. And that is the latest edition of Stocks for the Crash, Andrew. It continues next week in case you were standing by with bated breath for that. Just to be clear, it's not stocks you'd buy ready for a crash. It's post. Yes, it's like um, you have them on your shopping list. They're way too expensive for you right now. But if the world falls in a heap, you'd be snapping them up. We all three of us agreed to remind each other next time something disastrous happens to Load up on Macquarie because, you know, <laughs> hindsight's always a wonderfully terrible thing sometimes. Yeah, in fact, um, 
Well, they're, they're, their green positioning is really interesting at the moment, isn't it? Mm. And, of course, they're off to Glasgow at the same time too. But, uh, you know, looking at and cashing in on that green investment boom, mm-hmm. um, target net zero by 2050. It's pretty incredible. Look, uh, we're also holding another event. I feel like I'm always promoing, but we, we're pretty busy around here, hence the, the bags under our eyes right now. But we're holding a really great event. It's called the E and ESG, How to Profit While Also Saving the Planet. And uh, there will be specifics talked about. So look for that. Look for that in the next couple of weeks. Register. If you can't make it live with these events, you can always watch it on demand as catch-up. We send them to our registries after the event. So, Nadine, next week, um, China. I was talking about that earlier, of course, Uh because we got those uh, PPI and CPI figures during the week. So next week, uh, well, Monday, isn't it? A data dump? Well, we get a data dump. We get China GDP next week. We get retail sales, industrial production. So there will be lots to chew over, lots of questions still about the state of the Chinese economy, what that will mean for Australia, and what that means for supply chains and everything else. So, yeah, I think it'll be really closely watched by markets. Other than that, though, it's not huge. We have the FOMC, well, sorry, the Beige Book that's released in the U.S. Um, and we get a lot of home data in the U.S. Here we get weekly payrolls. We have a speech by Reserve Bank Governor Phil Lowe and the RBA minutes. But none of that sort of headline generating, I don't think, data like we saw on jobs this week, for example. I wonder if he's going to change his rhetoric. Is he going to adjust it at all? Okay. He's still maintaining 2024 as the first rate hike. But um, there's a lot of pressure on him to move. A lot of pressure. And if you look at some metrics in terms of inflation, it's actually lifting in Australia. But I feel like in a way it comes down to credibility, central bank credibility. They can't be seen to be jumping at shadows when they've said over and over and over and over and over 2024. We'll see. Well, I don't know. You get the rhetoric from the Fed at the moment. You know, Maybe Mm. that inflation is not transitory after all. Oh, my. I feel like we're going to be talking about this for quite some time, Andrew. In the meantime, I'm looking forward to the weekend. I might even go and get that haircut. I think, well, I was, I was going to say I think you should, but I will reserve <laughs> that comment. I, if you want to, I hope you do, Andrew. I hope you get out and about and, you know, we're looking forward to even more of that come, come Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Nadine, have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.